Welcome to the concluding program of this broadcast we call Bible Tract Echoes. It's a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated in Bloomington, Illinois. I'm the director and host of this program. My name is Evangelist Micah McCurry. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be speaking to you today. The fact that you would join us really does mean a lot to me. In just a few moments, we're going to turn back to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at the summation, the ending of this powerful message, the very first gospel message preached after the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm excited to recount for you what God did in this time frame and also draw some practical application for you and for me. We spent a large portion of yesterday's broadcast recounting Peter speaking to the assembled Jews from every nation across the world and speaking about the fact that Jesus, the one that the Jewish people had put to death, was still alive. How in Psalm 16, David had prophesied that Jesus would rise from the dead, that he would not be holden by the chains or the pains of death, that he would rise to sit on the right hand of God the Father. That reminds me of a gospel tract. It works especially well around Easter, an occasion we are coming up sooner rather than later. It's called, He is not here. I'd love for you to order this gospel track off of our website. It works, as I said, especially well for Resurrection Sunday. And seeing as the USPS and Postal Service and all those things have been a little slow as of late, I'd highly recommend if you'd like some of this excellent track for your Easter services or in advance of your Easter services in inviting people to your church and things of that nature or just reminding people of the need to focus on Christ as we come to this very important Christian holiday, I'd like for you to visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org. Order some of these gospel tracks today. It's called, He Is Not Here. Of course, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is not on the cross, but he's also not in the grave. This man, Christ Jesus, is alive today in the body of flesh and bones in which he was crucified and buried, but he is in heaven and he offers eternal life to all who will receive him as Savior. Now, even though this gospel tract was penned many years ago by evangelist Paul Levine, our founder, it still holds true today. Thankfully, Jesus is not in the grave. He wasn't 40, 50, 60 years ago when Paul Levine wrote this tract, and he wasn't 2,000 years ago on the third day when he walked bodily out of Joseph's tomb. Order some of this track today if you would, BibleTracksInc.org. Now let's turn our attention and give the lion's share of this broadcast to the conclusion of this matter. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 37. Now when they heard this. What is the this they were talking about? Well, for context's sake, Peter and 11 disciples, they're standing up in front of the assembled multitude. Jews from every nation, language, and tongue across the world are gathered there in Jerusalem for the Jewish holiday of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit in the upper room fills 120 of these Christians. They receive the Holy Spirit. The Comforter has come. Jesus Christ promised the Comforter, and now he is present. Peter stands before these people and begins to preach to them. He answers their derision, provides authentic discourse. He uses accessible documents, the prophecies of Joel and David, the King David, one that they would respect greatly. And now we come to the conclusion of the whole matter, an acknowledgement of derision. The summation of this powerful message brought about action. 
Acts chapter 2 and verse number 37. Now, when they heard this, this whole message, short message, but a powerful message, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The listeners' hearts were massaged by the Holy Ghost, and they realized that a step had to be taken. This message could not be heard and ignored. Something had to be done. Though not every single person in attendance followed through on the leading of the Spirit, a great many did, and the roles of the church swelled tremendously. The ears of those under the sound of Peter's voice burned. They knew they were in the wrong. Their own consciences betrayed them. What did they do when they knew they needed forgiveness? They asked for help. They asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? They knew they needed something, but they knew not what. Now, towards the conclusion of this broadcast today, in just a few minutes, we are going to be brought to a point of decision as well. I hope your response will not be one of derision, one of mockery, one of sarcasm, one of ignoring the decision that needs to be made. I hope you will ask in the same way, Brother Micah, evangelist, what shall I do? Let's look at verses 38 through 40 in just a moment. What was the effect of this soul-stirring message of the gospel? In short, belief by many those that were listening. Look at verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. So, what was the result? Belief. Baptism shortly after belief, and the bestowment of grace upon those with believing hearts. Peter used the words remission of sins. In other scriptures, this is referred to in many ways, including sins being blotted out, Acts 3.19, forgiveness of sins in Acts 13.38, the man under whom God imputeth righteousness, Romans 4.6. Regardless, though, of the verbiage used, the meaning is the same. The Jews asked, what shall we do? And Peter explained in no uncertain terms, Repent, be saved, accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We can conclude this passage here. The passage of Acts 2, 14-40-41 is supremely important regarding doctrine. You see, Peter tied a revelation from the Old Testament, prophecy from the Old Testament from David and Joel, into the New Covenant by quoting those aforementioned prophets. He put emphasis on the deity and supremacy of God when he reminded the Jews that the grave could not hold the God-man Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's work was mentioned throughout the passage and was a major player throughout Peter's message. Anthropology was even touched on when Peter pointed out the difference between the Jews' estate and Christ's transcendence. Of course, Peter presented the doctrine of salvation for the New Testament in his appeal for the Jews to accept remission of sins. Peter, when tying in Joel's writings, made mention of the end times. And lastly, right after the close of the passage on which this message, this broadcast focuses, the addition of 3,000 souls to the church speaks 
to the importance of Christ building his church or ecclesiology. It's so amazing to see God, by his own divine hand, putting together the beginnings of the church, of his church, his bride, as he calls it. And Peter here, with this golden opportunity to speak to Jews from across the world, gives a clear gospel presentation. He relies on scripture, not on stirring emotionalism, not on nationalism, not on some charisma or humor or anecdotal illustrations. No, he relies on God's word to speak God's word. Let me ask you this, friend. If there was a point of decision called for by this particular broadcast today, what would you guess it would be? Question for you, friend, is what are you trusting in for your salvation? God forbid something were to happen to you. As Peter made mention to these Jews when he said in verse number 21 of Acts 2, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've got to ask you, are you saved? Saved from what? Well, an eternity in hell. What are you trusting in? How are you? How is your eternal soul? There are still only four simple things you must understand to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Number one, you must understand that you and I, all of us, are sinners. Without the intervention of Jesus Christ, without accepting his free gift of salvation, we will have to suffer, number two, the penalty of our sins. That is not only an eternity in hell, but a separation for all time from God the Father. Yes, the flames of hell, the pain of hell, the darkness of hell, all of those things will be terrifying, will be horrifying. But can I tell you, worst of all is the separation from God. Do you know him? If you are a sinner, you're honest enough, like me, to admit that, that you are not perfect. I think any honest person could come to that conclusion. And number two, you realize that there is a penalty for our sin. But, in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Number three, Jesus Christ paid the penalty for you and for me. And as Peter proclaimed loudly and boldly to the assembled Jews, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Number four, all you must do to receive that free gift of eternal life is simply this, accept it. Make it yours. Imagine right now that I'm holding out a free gift. It's yours as soon as you receive it. But while it is still in my grasp, in my hand, it's mine. Jesus is reaching out to you now. If you'd like to accept his free gift of salvation, you can do so. It's very simple. There's not some mantra or some hocus pocus there's not some special wording that's required for you to be able to accept this free gift. Turn over with me, if you would, to the book of Romans. It's the next book right after the book of Acts. The book of Romans in chapter number 10. Turn there for just a moment. Acts chapter 10. You can hear my pages turning as well. I want to give you this straight from the Bible. Verse 9 of chapter 10 of the book of Romans says, "...that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus..." 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You could word a simple prayer just like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know the penalty for my sin is an eternity in hell separated from you. But I want to accept your free gift of salvation. Save me now. Take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Did you just pray a simple prayer like that? Or do you have more questions? I would love to hear from you. All of this that we talked about would be of little help without some follow-up, without some discipleship. Text me if you would. 309-316-7240. God bless, and thank you for listening to the Bible Track Echoes radio broadcast. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.